The Once and Future Nerd is independently produced. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, visit onceandfuturenerd.com support to find out how you can help. Listening to this show on an iOS device? Leave us a rating on iTunes, please. The Once and Future Nerd Book One, Princes of Jordan Chapter 7, The Last Douchey Domicile Episode 3 And so did Galadon decree in the earliest days worth telling. Arlene Redmore and Antonin Mooncrest stood before the high priest in the great tabernacle of Castle Gwenatal. Gwendolyn stood a few feet behind, holding her lady's veil and train. The rest of the court was assembled behind them. Arlene, would you enter into that most sacred order and accept this man, Antonin, as your lord and husband, and keep that order pure from any chaos which would sully it in paucity and plenty, in good health and ill for all the rest of your days. Arlene hesitated for just a moment, but then... Reflected in the polished silver of the altar to Galadon, Arlene saw Gwendolyn's face hovering next to her own reflection. She gazed at that face and found it gave her strength. I would. And so the formalities of the wedding concluded in due course, and the celebration began. The newlywed couple sat at a table at the head of the hall, Antonin ate and drank well, but Arlene only pushed the food around her plate while anxiously surveying the dance hall. May I have the pleasure of our first dance? I look forward to it greatly, but pray let me wait a while longer. I was so excited this morning that I could not break my fast, and now I fear the wine has gone to my head. Arlene's eyes searched the hall for Gwen. She was, as I've said, visually indistinguishable from any of the other servants working the evening, but Arlene picked her out knowing she'd be mingling with the guards stationed by the door rather than distributing drinks to the gentry. You look a mite thirsty, my good man. Well, I certainly thank you, my kind girl. When do you get off duty? I imagine we'll get a few hours leave after the bedding. What about you? What about me? When do you get off? Not nearly often enough. With a wink, Gwen whisked herself back into the kitchen. In the White Forest, the party sat around Yelowin's family table. One seat at the table remained conspicuously empty. That did not, however, stop anyone from devouring the almost perfect-looking food. As he ate, Nelson studied a tapestry which hung prominently on the wall. I see you've noticed our tapestry, young... Oh, I'm sorry, what was its name again? Nelson. Huh? Did she just call Nelson an it? Hilyig does not sex its pronouns. It's a common translation error. That means I know that... what it means. 
I've done all that stuff, all the sex stuff. It was before I knew you, though. I see you've noticed our tapestry, young Nelson. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Not at all. We display it for guests to admire. Oh, it's incredible. What are those boats? It tells of the first of our people who found Yaldin, the ancestors of all Heliot here today. Heliot? Have you no school in at all, child? It is what we call ourselves. The direct translation in our tongue, Nelson, is wood folk as compared to us, who are called Nemyet, which means river folk. So you guys aren't originally from here. Oh, Selbrin, no. Our home, Ekas, in our tongue, is far, far away. The first Heliot of Jordan sailed from Ekas, but were lost in a tempest before making shore. Like a thunderstorm. Something about the mention of a storm caught Jen's attention. Something about the fact that Jen cared caught Billy's attention. So he pretended to listen. Yes, the tales of the thunder are quite vivid. Has anybody ever gone back? <clears throat> Several attempts were made to navigate back to Ekas. None successful. And before long, the ocean farers we came with were lost beneath the sea of the ancestors. And so do all Heliot lament the loss of Ekas and honor the memory of home with their art. And so you guys just... Stop trying a while ago? Is there any, like, research or anything that I could... Jen, the loss of home is a very painful memory for the elves. You may ask me what questions you wish at some later time. Forgive her, Taidi. She doesn't mean to be rude. Sorry. I... Thank you for the medicine. Aye, truly, we are forever in your debt. I certainly hope not. Gallant and willing, this business with the throne will get sorted out soon, and you'll find yourself in funds once more. Yes, Sir Brennan, perhaps we could hear more of what transpired. Of course. It began with Ardell Redmore, curses, name and hus. Brennan's story was interrupted by a loud creak. That damn door again. A young female elf fairly danced into the room. Her face was covered by a dark cloth veil. Ewan, what a lovely surprise. Too seldom do I say it, but you are the best younger sibling. The best. The girl, Yellowin's sister, rushed to her brother's side and hugged him. Yellowin, taken aback by this display of affection, awkwardly patted his sister on the head. Good it is to see you as well, sibling. There uh, are men yet here? Don't stare as if you've never seen one before. None of their breed before have I seen. She switched to the common tongue. Hello there. Hi. Sup? What is that cooking? It smells delectable. I swear I am famished. Just as abruptly as she had entered, the girl sprinted out of the room into the kitchen. She didn't let the distance nor the food in her mouth, interrupt her conversation, however. Mm. Oh, this is amazing. Mm. Would mm. you like us to have Onyx heat that up for you? Mm -mm. No need to trouble the help. It mm. must be cold by now. Mm. Good this way. Sorry, who is that? That is my sibling, Yellowdick. <laughs> Although they surely could not understand Billy's mirth, Elodic's parents excused themselves from the table and followed their daughter into the kitchen. They spoke in hushed tones, in Hilig. Mm. Mm. 
What? Veil off, child. No, it's bright in here. Let me see your eyes. <laughs> You've been chewing cannabis with your friends again. So what if I have? Were we not clear about that matter before? We've a mind to send you to bed without supper. I already ate. Enough is enough. You are not to leave this house for a fortnight. Oh, like you don't drink a pint of wood since every evening of the week. You will mind your tongue in mixed company. So now you care what men yet think? I'm surprised you let them in your house the way you talk about them. You shall sit down, child, and mind your manners or else you shall stay in this house for two moons instead of two weeks. I'm so tired of this. You don't understand me at all. We certainly don't. Now take a seat. The three filed back into the main dining hall. Those who did not understand Hilig were enjoying their meals contentedly. Yiluin and Nia, however, looked sufficiently embarrassed. My elder child apologizes most deeply for her tardiness. She had something very important to tend to. Sir Brennan, your tale is interrupted. Would you like to continue? <clears throat> yes, thank you. As I was saying, it began with Ardell Redmore, who... <laughs> Eloine's sister was deeply, thoroughly amused by the patterns formed by swirling the soup in her bowl. Uh, Ardell Redmore who conspired most foully to spread slanders against... <laughs> Yiladik. <laughs> oh, sorry. Dude, Weenie, I think your sister is high as balls right now. He spread wicked slanders against his late majesty. Peaceful be his rest, which led the court And what to... was your name, dear? Oh, I'm Jen. Jen. I adore it, so primal. Um... If you say so. Where are you from, Jen? Funny you should ask that, because... Uh, um, fate of the realm at stake, in case you've forgotten. Right, sorry. Redmore's slanders led the court to suspect I King your hair? Enough to imprison Human hair is just like... So exotic, you know? Sure by what <sighs> not cool. It's like... Blowing my mind right now. As Brennan attempted to re-repeat his tale, a servant came to the table, handed a scroll to Wynne, bowed deeply, and returned to the kitchen. I'm terribly sorry. You'll have to excuse us. Taid Relotit has returned and requests an audience with the High Council immediately. Eloine, I trust you'll keep our guests entertained and your sibling busy. If you've but a moment, I'd humbly request the chance to quickly finish my account. You'll have an audience with the council in the morning, Sir Brennan. This way you need only tell it once. At Arlene Redmore's wedding, Gwendolyn surreptitiously passed a cup of ale to another guard, this one employed by the bride's house rather than the groom's. I will see you later, won't I? She brushed her hand along the guard's shoulder as she returned to the kitchen. At the dais, Arlene took a deep breath and then pasted a smile onto her face and turned to her husband. I think I should very much like to dance now, my lord. The couple joined the dance floor. The dance appropriate for the current melody involved couples frequently switching partners. Meanwhile, Gwendolyn had returned to chatting with the first guard of the evening, 
The second guard who had been watching Gwen go couldn't help but notice this. Oi, what do you think you're playing at? Me own business, and I don't play. Arlene had her empty few seconds of conversation with a low-ranking lady of the court. A beautiful wedding for a beautiful bride. Oh, thank you. And just what we needed after all the unpleasantness. The wench is coming with me. That's not what she told me. What was you talking to him for, you tart? I only did because I wasn't sure you were serious. Oh, I'm serious. A number of wedding guests had by this point taken notice of the quarrelling guards. Arlene had noticed as well. In fact, she was watching so avidly that she hardly noticed who her next dance partner was. Enjoying yourself, my dear. What's the matter? Nervous for your wedding night? You should be. You think because of that ridiculous horse stunt your husband will believe in your purity? The song reached the beat for partners to switch. Ardell Redmore refused to switch. He'll know you for the whore you are anyway. He'll know you by the way your gash reeks of wantonness. Arlene furtively reached her free hand behind her back to where she had hidden the dagger. He'll know you as the guards know you. As I've known you since we first bathed together as children. Her shaking fingers found the hilt. And he shall loathe you for the rest of your days. Arlene slowly drew the dagger from its sheath. Now get out of my sight. Ardell fairly threw his sister across the dance floor. Arlene caught her breath as she slid the dagger back into its sheath. Meanwhile, Gwen's friends were becoming better acquaintances. Do you really want to die tonight, you pasty shit? Before I thought my cock was hard for her. Now I know it's for killing you. If you kill me, there'll be no one to fuck your mother's ass when she's begging this for This quip was interrupted by a fist to the face. In a flash, the two men were rolling across the dance floor, throwing haymaker punches with abandon. Highborn folk ran screaming in all directions. Other guards around the hall rushed towards the fight. The responsible ones to break it up, the more drunken ones to join in. In the panic, Gwen stole to Arlene's side and threw a plain, rough brown cloak over her wedding fineries. Now indistinguishable from a pair of servants, the two darted away to the kitchen and from there, out into the night. additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira, and directed and edited by Christian Madeira. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Lily Drexler. Anya Gibeon. Ian Harkins. Paul Notice, Frank Quares, Julie Reed, Gregory M. Schultz. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. Alex Story is an associate producer. The Once and Future Nerd is recorded by Brian Forbes at the Gallery Recording Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with second unit production sound by Gary O'Keefe. Foley sound design and mixing is done by Sandra Ramirez. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Additional music composed by Christopher Montalbo. Thanks for downloading. 